This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, Lork confronts his past. I mean, he's speechless, at least for the moment. And learns that his long-lost daughter... She's smart, strong, fierce. She's young, too. ...may be in grave danger, or worse. She should have never left. I, I couldn't keep her safe forever. She wanted to see the world. You can understand that. The heroes charge out of Skeld in hot pursuit. But I know that I'll do all I can. We have urgent business tracking these giants, so I'm, I'm not going to waste any more time because I think any minute that passes here could be, could be treacherous. But they'll have to turn to an unlikely source for assistance. You hear something in the brush up ahead. The adventure continues. Oh, I've seen many battles in my day. Now... What's up, everybody? This is Skid Mar, and this is the sound my voice makes when I'm doing an introduction to my favorite podcast that I'm on, the Glass Cannon Podcast. Welcome to our latest episode. I just want to say that uh, Troy and I are super excited to be attending GCP West in Portland, Oregon uh, at the first weekend of next month. Uh, We've had a huge response. I think at last count, we've had Upwards of uh, 46,000 people uh, registered to play games and hang out and have fun. And uh, they actually had to move the entire event into the Kingdom. Uh, it was the closest uh, space they could handle. No, it's, and there's a lot of people coming. It's going to be really, really exciting. Uh, excited about all the new stuff happening in Glass Cannon land. Glass Cannon Nation. Check out Troy's State of the Nation address. There's a link to it on our homepage, glasscannonpodcast.com. Check out all the announcements that he made there, including the addition to our Starfinder roster of Miss Eleanor DeLorenzo. So excited to have her on board. And uh, you know, I just want to say one more thing to you, all you people listening. You, you, you proud handful of people who don't fast forward through these intros. Have you left uh, an iTunes review yet for the Glass Cannon podcast? If you have, you're awesome. If you haven't, I still think you're awesome, but why not prove it by leaving us a review on iTunes? It helps us grow the show as much or more than anything else you could do. So take a second and do that. And thank you again to all the people who already have. But anyway, let's get into this latest episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast. Bring your daughter to Lork Day. Whenever we start new episodes in the new studio now, we do 20 seconds of silence up front, and Grant takes it very seriously, and we all go out of our way to make noises. <laughs> but like, but like real seconds. subtle noises, right. like low-key noises. <laughs> like Joe is bumping the mic with his iPad, and like, oh, sorry, is that me? <laughs> I took a sip of water, guy drove by and honked. <laughs> Everyone gets in on it. We had, we, we had the, the guy outside, yeah. <laughs> They're all in on it. Uh, we just go out, we just go out the street we just slip people a couple bucks yeah. <laughs> at 1228 i need you to just honk don't, don't ask questions just honk. troy there's a reason uh, i've already upped it to 30 seconds and if you're not careful it'll be 40 seconds turn this car around you got it buddy <laughs> it makes me sad sometimes uh we're, we're in book four of uh of giant slayer and 
with our Jade Region campaign uh, that I run, that Matthew Skid and Joan and Grant has guessed <laughs> uh, it in. I like how you use the present tense. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, well, I'm optimistic. Hopelessly played optimistic. once in the last year. Played once in the last year, maybe twice, maybe twice. Um, and we're in book five. We literally played once last year <sighs> in 2017. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, you weren't there at the last one though, man. I was there for most of it. Nick Lowe jumped in. Oh, you played twice. That's right. We did You're play right. twice. That's twice. Right. Yeah, that's a pretty good number. <laughs> uh, well, we're in book five on that, and I just love that campaign so much, and we're just never going to be able to finish I it. I thought about like, oh, maybe we could just, we'll record it and then make it like bonus content. That's what I was just, just thinking. Because, to, uh... But it's so like a hard R rating on that game. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. there's just stuff that I, that would, people would not enjoy. And we I wouldn't said, be doing a disservice. stuff that disturbed me. <laughs> it's that very disturbing. Like, very disturbing. Um, I, I just think when Skid starts dating Yoko Ono, and I mean the actual Yoko Ono, and she breaks up the podcast, then we can just go back and play JP. <laughs> I was like, where is this going? <laughs> Skid, do you know Yoko? I, you know, I wouldn't put it past. So there's some weird shit happening in our personal lives right now. I wouldn't put it past the, our circle of friends. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. Is she on Hinge? Uh, probably. I'm sure we're like three degrees separated or something. <laughs> It's a bummer. What a great campaign. If you guys are playing Jade Regent, send us your stories so I can live vicariously through you. Um, we couldn't even tell you like what happened. Well, we could edit a lot of it out, but man, there's some really crazy stuff that happens in that game. And spoiler alert, Troy did not back away from any of it. No, no. Nope. I poured it on. Leaned into it. <laughs> leaned into all it of it. On. It gets really, really nasty. It is a shame because I keep saying it's my, I think it's my favorite campaign that I've ever played. Ugh. It's my favorite. It's my favorite character. It's my favorite group of characters. The relationships that they built with each other are so organic, feel so, so real, awesome, and real. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, maybe someday when this business folds, we can just pick it up with Jade Regent. Well, fingers crossed. And, well, we can uh, introduce Kid the Yoko, and we got it done. We got a two-year lease, so we got to do something. In the <laughs> well, it has <laughs> been a truly long time since we've played a game. I think any of us and not been recorded. And that can be relaxing, but that's more of a cannon fodder topic anyway. Yeah. Hmm. I just like to have a little combo up front. Just see how everybody's doing. That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about Grant's 30 seconds of silence. And I was thinking about how much I miss Jade Regent. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking about how much you don't want to play Giants? <laughs> no, but you know what uh, is not my favorite thing in the world to do? Prep CR 10 plus encounters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Skid and I are in the same boat uh, as we prepare for Ruins and uh, Dead Sons. Just what a joy to just prep a nice CR1. Low level CR2 encounters. Encounter. They're so fun. You just show up. They're so easy. <laughs> so simple. Oh, what? A couple of feats? Got it. Yeah. A power attack? Okay. Plus two to hit? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> But here we are, deep into book four. Uh, and we're you, barely into book four. We're, yeah, when I say deep, you really, really just scratch the surface. Just the tip. Yeah, I think if I were to run this off mic, you'd probably already be well through Skiergard. But there was just too much stuff going on in your personal lives. In the personal lives <laughs> of your characters. And speaking of personal lives, Lork the Elf shows up at this cleric's home she has an image of sarin ray or something on the door and you can't quite place her but then it hits you this is a woman 20 something years ago who was uh, like an acolyte a uh, a nurse for lack of a better word who nursed you back to health and you had a passionate romance with her for 72 hours and she doesn't believe you at first what are you talking about you're an elf you're not the dirty old orc. 
dirty old half orc <laughs> that I loved. I romped with. He uh, wasn't old then. <laughs> true. He was dirty. He was dirty. He was dirty. <laughs> dirty young orc. <laughs> half orc. Uh, and she sees you and just breaks down into tears. Breaks down into tears. You'll never meet her. Who? Your daughter. What? Crazy. He's fully expecting a son. I mean, not for this woman to spout that, you know, that it's a son, but right. he, he didn't even know that it, could, that it could happen here. I mean, this was something that was on his mind to track down at some point. He's like, I got to find out you know, where, this, where this kid is, you know, but other matters have taken precedence, especially because he didn't want to close the distance on that when he had this curse, right? So Sure. But now that that has, has gone away, I mean, it's certainly something he's going to think about, but he has a lot of other things on his mind. This was not expected. Came out of nowhere. So you just want to run out the house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave, but, Come on, guys. I gotta go to Scare Guard. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't understand. Uh, common. And then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking up. I'm going through a tunnel. No speak common. <laughs> I, I, only, I only speak elfin. <laughs> I'm an elf. <laughs> uh... Do you actually speak? Uh, do we cover this? Do you speak Elvish? I do not speak Elvish. I, no, uh, you do not learn the language awesome. immediately. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. It's not coded in your elf DNA. It is not coded in your elf DNA. No. Maybe someday. I may take it up though. I may get some courses. Mm-hmm. Toss a little point <laughs> yeah. in linguistics. All of a sudden, you, you know it. When I have some time. You yeah. Know, when I have some time. Today's episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. <laughs> Rosetta Stone for all your elf language learning needs. Yeah. Sarah Elvin, Sylvan, <laughs> other Ignan. <laughs> Lork is just like I need to make changes to my life. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn to speak elf. I'm gonna. <laughs> That's his New Year's. I, I love him. Like <laughs> the thought language. of him embracing his elvish, his elvishness, <laughs> like getting like the elf equivalent of a daishiki, like wearing it around and like. <laughs> Like Rachel Dolziel. His old, like, <laughs> half-orc buddies are going to be like, give it a rest. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you know that elves are the, the oldest race on Galarian? Did you know that? Like, a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> it's like getting those uh, 23andMe, you get your DNA test, and yeah. you find out you're, like, 7% Lithuanian. You're like, ah, if only I could have reapplied to Harvard <laughs> with this information. I'm taking a Lithuanian folk dancing course this summer. Like, I'm really, I'm embracing it. I'm embracing it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of new art in your home. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm just embracing my heritage. I really wanted my children to grow up knowing who they were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of children. Speaking of children, that's a good segue. <laughs> what do you say? She- <laughs> I thought Skid was going to say he got someone pregnant. <laughs> speaking of children. No. <laughs> I'm trying to course correct. Back I knocked up Yoko Ono. <laughs> um, what so- do you say? What do you say to her? I mean, he's speechless. At least for the moment. Uh-oh. What do you mean, 20 days? 20 days late. She should have never left. I, I couldn't keep her safe forever. She wanted to see the world. You can understand that. She just left of her own will. Yes, yes. She was traveling with a, a group of devotees, heading to Corvosa to visit the temple of Sarenre there. Her faith had wavered as of late. She saw all the evils in the world and knew not what her place in all of it was. But she's strong, Lork. Just like you. Her eyes just fill with tears. What is... What is her name? Her name is Shael. Shael. 
That's a beautiful name. Yes. But she's gone, look. She's gone. She was taken or killed. The group was overrun by giants. And only one survived. The rest were either murdered or who knows what. One man he returned, but he does not know of her fate. He ran and made it back here. As far as he knows, he's the only survivor. Um, where is this man? Uh, is it possible for us to speak with him? I, I would think so. He lives towards the middle of town. His name is Hugo. And she gives you sort of rudimentary directions okay. to I, well, I'm sorry to step in here, but I feel as if if your daughter did survive, uh, our current journeys may take us close to her. We can at least, I think, find news of her if we are not able to find her alive. If we do find her alive, I, I think we will do our best to bring her back to you. Thank you, sir. I, I want to believe that she's still alive. I, I used to have unshakable faith, but this has tested me. I pray for her every night that Saren Ray will keep her safe. If you hear of anything, come back and tell me. If you... If you find her dead or any news of her death, please never return to let me know so that I may continue to hold out hope. You wouldn't want to know? No. If it was part of Saren Ray's plan, then I will have to discover the reasons on my own. Well, my companions and I are well suited to track and find the giants that might have done this. And I can tell you everyone in this room would give their life to help an innocent person. And for me... I've got to meet her. What is she like? She's beautiful, look. She's smart, strong, fierce. She's young, too, and does not know quite what she wants to do with her life. This was part of her reason for traveling to Corvosa. But she was studying to be a cleric, you say? I didn't want to push her into that. I didn't want her to take that life. I mean, had you stayed, perhaps I would have never taken up the faith. And you know I didn't know. I know. I know. I prayed, oh, these decades, that you would return just so you could meet her. I hold no hostility towards you. I I was complicit in what happened, and uh, a miracle came from it. Well, I'm sorry I didn't find out until too late, but maybe it's not too late for me to meet her myself, and maybe bring her back. Perhaps you are part of Saren Ray's plan. Perhaps she brought you to me so that you could 
bring her home. Well, I don't know about that, but I know that I'll do all I can. And we are, we have urgent business tracking these giants, so I'm, I'm not going to waste any more time because I think any minute that passes here could be treacherous for Shael. So if you'll excuse us, we're going to try to move on from this town as soon as possible and track these giants. Why did you come here? In the first place, if I may ask. We are on the trail of some giants. Frost giants. They've taken up in a town called Skiergard. About four days about four days' journey from here. And we are It's new territory for us, of course, but we had been tracking the giants from Trunau, where I spent the last sixteen years or so. Trunau, I had always wondered where you went. She asked so many questions about you, and I didn't have much information to give her. Seventy-two hours, maybe more, is all I knew of you. I hope she is alive, and I hope you can find her. I, I do as well. But I ask, why did you come here, to my home? How would you know? Oh, I'd nearly forgotten. I'm sorry, I... This news has thrown me. You forgot about your negative level. <laughs> I forgot about my permanent <laughs> negative level. Well, good luck in Skiergard. <laughs> he gets like, oh, no, like right down God. the street. Like, Mother! <laughs> God damn it. Um, no, go he, back in the house. He's gone. Say, yeah. <laughs> uh, Briella hasn't been here in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Today's the anniversary. <laughs> for disappearance. It's the brigadoon of the old women's houses. <laughs> <laughs> this cleric appears once every 20 years to remove <laughs> negative levels. <laughs> She's the only one to break terrible news. They call it Old Briella's Day. <laughs> um, no, so, so he says, The news you've told me has thrown me for a loop, and I, I had forgotten why I came, which was in order for us to track these giants and fight them. We're going to need to be as strong as we can, and this new body has left me a little weaker than I once was. Stronger in some ways, faster maybe, but I seem to be a little off, and I'm trying to get more comfortable in this skin. I wonder if perhaps you have a spell that might restore some of my natural abilities, and uh, and could help me to get more confident in all forms of uh, combat and and uh, skill. Yes, yes, I can. It would I be great, greater. Greater restoration. Greater restoration, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I, I can do that for you. I'm sure you have quite a story to tell. I would love to hear it someday. I, if you bring her home, perhaps we could all sup together and you could tell us your life story. I'd like that. I'd like that very much. And then she goes about <clears throat> performing this uh, spell, you know, praying to Saren Ray, and she has to get very close to you, and it's a little intimate, you know, and uh, maybe there's a moment there where you both kind of. <laughs> God damn it, Skip. He's right on it. <laughs> I, I was going to say. 
<laughs> I was going to say, I think, uh, as you know, I've been reading Elves of Galarian. Right, yes. And I think that perhaps the her smell would trigger memories in him, very clear memories, because uh, they're, they're so attuned to their senses, elves, so much more so. Uh, and it might be almost overwhelming at first because he doesn't really know how to – uh, control it, but mm-hmm. it's like as soon as she gets close to him, I think he could probably instantly remember so clearly memories. Yes. Yeah, that that uh, that weekend, you know, or whatever those three passion days with her, her nursing your wounds in that just moment of scent as she gets a little too close, and you both take a breath and stand back, and then your permanent level is restored. Awesome, nice. So one of the two. No, uh, Wuhate did the other one. Yeah. So oh, he, oh, right, yeah, right, right. He's, okay. he's awesome. back. Wuhate. Cool. Um, yeah, and just the last thing she says before you go is that um, Seren Ray is strong with her. I do not know which path she will take, but the Dawnflower. I feel as if the Dawnflower has special plans for Shiel. You've given me great hope, all of you. Good luck on your journey. And she slams it over. <laughs> sorry it's a rusty hinge Lork says I'm sorry what did you say I was updating my character sheet uh, <laughs> alright I just see a flashback of Lork as a young man in this town with Bob Seger's night moves playing in the background <laughs> like right as he sees Briella so this is why I wish it was a movie was I'd love me. to see those that memory of yeah. the young Lork Lork with a full head of hair right <laughs> Lork with a full head of hair yeah and you know what I think that it all starts to it triggers a lot of memories. And as he walks out the door, I think even more so he's rem- he's like Skelt is coming back more clearly. He can mm-hmm. see like why he was here. He remembers, you know, the, the combat that, that brought his group here. And he, I think that there's just um, – it's triggering a lot of op- like opening up of memories. I think too – I think it would be fun to say that Elvish memory works differently than memories for other people. Like I picture it more like uh, – more clear – like more like a three dimensional, like a, a hologram. Like you can you can watch memories replay like in perfect detail. Yeah, and it's probably taking some getting used to being in your new brain. Right. But I, you know, but I like that. It's like when these memories come back, it's just like holy shit! Like you're actually there again. Yeah. You think about how long they live and how much they remember. They don't yeah. just like forget all this stuff. Yeah. They they constantly can can relive it. So I think it's neat to to think of them as having such. Clear perception and clear memory yeah. of of it, you know. I always thought that would be a cool concept for the afterlife that you can – after you die, you can just go into a room and queue up a highlight reel of any moments of your life. And then if you want to, jump back in and play it or replay it or change something. Yeah. Uh, but you just like – can I see the tape uh, from my 13th birthday party? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if this is the plot of a rather famous American play called Our Town. Is it Really? Is yeah, that the, the plot of our town? The third act. She like they. She goes back to her birthday. They're like her, her like I can't remember what birthday is. It's like her thirteenth birthday. Spoiler alert! Oh, well, <laughs> there goes I, I, I've actually seen our town. I you're also. Uh, <laughs> and I was waking up. Huh, what the hell is happening? I was in it. I don't remember that. <laughs> you're also. You're forgetting uh, the Albert Brooks classic, "Defending Your Life." Yeah, that's very similar ah. too. But it's a bunch of past lives, not just one. Right. Yeah. Right. So this idea it was also a very is funny. Still uniquely uh, mine. Saturday Night Live sketch with John Larroquette, but. But go on. <laughs> Great go on. idea, Troy. Yeah. I kind of want to see the sketch. I love John Larrick. It is actually a really funny sketch. <laughs> All right, after the episode, after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's not to love, but I would not have expected you to be like, I love John Larrick. Oh, God, I love John Larrick. Who He's doesn't? Great. Who doesn't? But like Dan Fielding from Night Court? <laughs> Our on. friends uh, 
Rory, our friend Rory, lost to Tony to John Larroquette. Did did he? Yeah. 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 Well, he deserved it. He did. Who? Rory or John Larroquette? <laughs> Both. <laughs> uh, all right. So you found out you had a daughter. She's either dead or missing. Blah, blah, blah. What else do you want to discuss? <laughs> I know. It's like it's so much to process, but I really want to move on. So like- We should talk uh, to Hugo. We'll, we'll keep it in, in Lork's head. Yeah. Ah, Let's Hugo, go find yes. out about like what happened with this group of, uh, of de- uh, devotees. Right, so Pembroke's got the information. He uh, he takes you uh, down the street, ba ba ba, to the middle of town, and you see uh, another sort of ramshackle uh, house. Um, knock on the door. Uh, an older man ans- answers. Pardon me. Uh, would this be the home of Hugo? Yes, yes, yes. It would. It's a dwarf, by the way. Um, yes, yes. It it would. Um, uh, can I can I help you? He's yes. sleeping right now. Oh, uh, pardon me, uh, sir. This uh, my name is uh, Pembroke. Uh, these are my companions. Uh, we were led to believe that uh, Hugo was the sole survivor of a, a caravan a expedition that was set upon by giants, and we uh, we are out uh, that way and wanted to uh, sort of see what if there's anything useful that we could glean from him. His recollections. Uh, yes, yes. What you heard is true. He. Uh... Gods be good, Torag saved him, and he was able to come back. Unfortunately, it sounds like his traveling partners were not as fortunate. Uh, please, come come in, all of you. Oh, thank you. I will, thank uh, you. I'll, I'll wake him. I'm sure he would love to uh, offer any help he can. He was very close with many of them. Good, very good. Thank you, thank you. So he goes in the other room. A couple of minutes later, uh, a younger dwarf comes out. He looks about Baron's age, um, mm. and you see that he's like got scars all over his face, and his arm is bandaged, and he's got a. He comes out on one crutch. Uh, he- hello, um, my my father tells me you are interested in in, in knowing about uh, what happened on the road. Yes, yes. Uh, any details you can give us. Uh, we're heading towards uh, Skiergard, and uh, we expect to face – we've faced many giants in the recent past. Expect expect to face more soon, and just which, anything that you can tell us about the giants that uh, you faced would be more than helpful. What, 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 where did you say you were heading? Skiergard. 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 I, I remember them. They were talking about that. Ooh. I, I've never heard of this Skiergard, but I, I do remember them speaking about Skiergard. I know a little giant. My father instructed me in all the languages. Um, well, perhaps maybe you can help. Um, all of them? All, all of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> the younglings <laughs> and the women. <laughs> Speak to me in fire elemental. <laughs> You know what a lignin. <laughs> there you go, Troy. Uh, I. It all happened so fast. I sometimes my memories are clearer than others, but we were beset upon by a group of frost giants. Now I'd heard of frost giants. I'd never seen one before, but they were unlike anything I'd ever read or heard about. They were disciplined. They came at us from all sides. Hacking away with axes as as big as you, sir, points to Lork. First they just came in and decapitated at least three of our members. And then, of course, we broke and started to flee. I got attacked pretty bad, and I think they must have just thought I was dead. 
and left me there. But they did take some with them as well to do Torag knows what. Luckily, as I came to, I was able to hobble my way back here to Skelt. Did they, do you suspect that they took you for dead? Why did they not uh, abscond with you as well? I don't know. As you can see, they beat me pretty bad. I didn't put up much of a fight after they overwhelmed me. And when I went down, I went down hard. Could you provide us with the location of the assaults that we may track your assailants? Yes, I, I, I suppose I, I could. It's, it's south of here. W- where are your travels taking you? All right, to the south. Towards Skiergard. To the south. Well, then, yes, I could give you rudimentary directions. I'm sure the evidence of the battle would be like evidence would be of obvious, the, obvious. The carnage would be obvious, yes. Um, Shyella, was she one of the ones they took? Shyella, you don't Shyella. know your daughter's name! <laughs> <laughs> Shyella, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Her mother asked me the same thing. All of these mothers and fathers... And sisters and brothers have been asking me, and I just don't know. It's all right. Don't let it weigh too heavy on you. I gotta say, it's a brave thing that you did, standing up to those giants. And I know what it's like to lose your whole party to one terrible giant attack. It is a blessing and a curse that you carry. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I do want you to know that you're not alone. Thank you. It'll probably be a long time until I see the blessing end of this. But if any of them still live, or even if there are bodies that could be retrieved, I, I know you know that it would mean a lot to the people of Skeld. Yes, absolutely. So we will be on the lookout for any news for you. For your friends, no news. If we find her dead, if she's alive, we will bring news. But any news, we will bring to you. Yes, that, that all checks right, so out. Please, I, it's a, I'm a, no, a very old man. I'm just trying to keep this all straight. Um, and he, he uh, Baron pipes up in Dwarvish to him and says, "It's a bit odd that you would worship Saren, where I have yet to meet a dwarf that, that worships." He's Torak. He's Torak. He's Torak. Yeah. Oh, just the mother is. is oh, were they on a journey for Saren? Ray? She was going to Corvosa to go to the Temple of Saren. Ray, oh, but he, but he was, was going for his own reasons. Somewhere, okay, no, <clears throat> then I lost my train. Selling drugs. <laughs> she was selling <laughs> black tar heroin. This is all very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a good dude. Just like <laughs> the Corvosa connection. It's all getting clear. <laughs> he knows all the languages and he's going to Corvosa. <laughs> <laughs> Surely he's Let me meant see your for character sheet, Hugo. <laughs> wow, all the languages. He owns a 30-foot cigarette boat. He's back and forth in Miami three times a month. It's probably nothing. He has a 42 in linguistics. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Hugo tells you what little he knows, and, uh, you know, he doesn't seem as optimistic as Briella, um, just because he saw people get killed, but he doesn't even remember the ones that did get killed. He knows that some were taken, though, and so there is, yet again, a glimmer of hope. Hmm. All right. Any other business? I think we're... I think we need to set out. I think we're done here. So, Pembroke says, Gamut Malan. My friend, it is Dwarvish for farewell. Ah, and to you. 
As I know all the languages. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. What he'd be he'd be a great resource if we ever need anything translated. But we fail our linguistics. He'd be great in PFS. Yeah. <laughs> is is he a PFS legal character? <laughs> I'm not sure. No comment. Um. Yeah. So you guys have done some shopping. Yeah, we wanted to get outfit. You let us know, and common sense would dictate that where we're going is that there's going to be high altitudes and extreme weather conditions. So most of us bought cold weather clothing. Right. Um, Tis true. This gets gets nasty. But you would know from looking at the map that you're going into the mountains. There does not appear to be a valley like Minderhall's Valley. It looks like you're going directly into the mountains. So to be safe, you should prepare yourself for cold weather. You should prepare yourself for high altitudes as best you can. And I don't even know if there is a way. Uh, you know, you would talk there about are, wait, yeah. life bubble, life bubble. Yeah. yeah. That is one option. Uh, and then obviously endure elements, but, but there's five of it's you. expensive either from a gold perspective or a spells per day perspective, perspective. Right. Right. To have to burn that spell slot on that. A couple of times probably. It may end up keeping, you know, cold can cause non-lethal damage. Altitude can ta- cause fatigue. And the longer you spend in the cold or the altitude, the higher the DCs go to overcome it. Can can Pembroke do a geography check to see if we're going to be traversing? It's likely we'll be traversing the most extreme end of the altitude scale, like yeah. 15,000 feet or over. Absolutely. Uh, 28. 28, yeah. You would know. Uh, luckily, it's still fall. You know, If you were traveling in winter, you might have to just abandon this mission altogether uh, or go find – like open up a store in Skelt so you could make some money to buy the gear that you needed. Um, but you would think that it's going to be anywhere from, uh, you know, 25 to 35 degrees um, on its coldest and then maybe around 40 on a normal sunny day. But That's as far not so as, bad. But as far as altitude. As far as altitude, um, yeah, you would probably be somewhere in the low peak high pass range. You're okay. never going to go So between over I think 4,000 and 15,000? Yeah, you'll be under 15,000. You okay. would think. Uh, according I've done to that in map. real life several times, so I feel pretty confident. What's your <laughs> also? It's colder in New York. It's colder in New York the past couple of weeks than uh, than it is in apparently That's in Skiergard. But yeah. we all owned cold weather gear. That's true. It's true. We, we don't, and it still sucks. Own boots of the winterland. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are from North Face. Uh, Today's episode brought you by <laughs> brought you by North Face. Is there a check that we could do? I know we fought. no. We fought a frost. <laughs> we fought a frost giant uh, in uh, the the Putch Hall. Yes, uh, but are they revivified or invigorated by by the temperature matching their their name? Like, are, if it's going to be cold and, and high altitude, are they going to be like super powered, super saiyan? You don't think they'll be super powered, but you certainly know that the altitude and the cold don't affect them. Okay. Um, you know, which makes it tough if your enemy is totally acclimated and right. you're not. Um, do, you, do they have they a weakness to fire? I can roll roll for this. Yeah, you would just know they do. Yeah, okay. they are. Uh, they do have a weakness, but they are. Yeah, they're tougher than any of the giants we face. And the one frost giant that we did face, I think he was so far away from us <laughs> that we were able to take him out before he even got to us. They are or at least so, chip him way down. So badass. They're really I mean, badass. We're talking one hit kills. A crit with these great axes. That tends to be their weapon of choice. Obviously, they're going to have other stuff. It's, it can be game over for any of you. If the Led Zeppelin song immigrant song was coalesced into a living being it would be a frost giant <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right what else do you want to do in scout 
Anything else? Uh, Baron wants to check in. We kind of, is it, I don't know if it's been a full day yet, but I, I want to see if Sir Will has thought any more about um, the message from his mother and then what he wants to do. Oh, yes. Right. He's had a message from his mommy. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> a note from your mother, eh? I miss you. Come home from school camp. Summer camp. I miss you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I actually think... Uh, after hearing about Briella and Shea, 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 you are disgracing her memory. <laughs> How do you spell it? That'll help. S H A Y E L. Shea, Shea, Shea. Think about Briella and Shea. Uh, it's reinforced this idea of family and having one. And uh, I think uh, I think it, it, it's important, and it's something that Baron wants to urge him again to go and and pursue uh, his family family needs. So let, let's go check in on Sir Will. Okay. Um, so, you know, you guys want to – you're probably going to spend one more night before you head out in the early morning. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Lork wants to do real quick – I mean, before we get to nighttime, Lork wants to do some – try to do some gear swapping. So um, he wants to – he's really feeling the weight of the gear that, that Lork had, which he he had picked up uh, Atena's chain mail mm. – and uh, yeah, on, uh, on Lork that probably felt great. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like because he can't move that nimbly anyway, and so he was just like, "Oh, this is this is great." And uh, in this new body, it feels like it's really weighing him down. So he wants to see if he can take this like magical, badass magical armor. It's plus two light fortification chainmail, and see if he can possibly trade it for some magical light armor. If they have, uh, if they have some light armor, leather, like leather, just leather armor, magical right. leather armor, and you elven mentioned- chain, elven chain, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. Elfin, it's it's a type, it's like Bilbo's mithril shirt. Oh, you can also get a mithril shirt. Is mithril it insanely shirt. expensive? Mithril does add quite a pretty penny to the yes. cost of yeah. armor. <laughs> so yes, could have had Dallas. Oh wait. Troy stole all of that. Yeah, Troy stole all of that. <laughs> Elven chain is 5,150 gold pieces. It weighs 20 pounds. Oh. Because this extremely light chain mail is made of very fine mithril links. The armor is treated in all ways like light armor, including when determining proficiency. The armor has an arcane spell failure chance of 20%, max dex plus four, armor check minus two. Armor check minus two. Uh, no, he just wants leather armor. He wants to try to maximize his his dex because he also wants to get, change the the uh, strength belt to a dex belt. All right, now what is the what is a tennis armor? It's plus two light fortification chainmail. Plus two light fortification chainmail. So we talked off air, and you want to see if you can trade it in for a plus two. Light Something. fortification leather armor. Right. <laughs> but I, feel, I thought that was... But that's a little too uh, convenient. <laughs> it sure is. So it'd be a lot more fun, uh, and this was your idea, to roll on the table. He's like, yeah, I got some armor back here. I got some plus two blah, blah, blah leather armor, and we'll roll to see what he has, and that's what you have to trade it in for. Right. It's like this- Pawn Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love rolling for yeah. things that completely change your character and like... Uh, your efficacy in the game. Yeah, and it might, you know, down the road might lead to something crazy happening, you know, for good or ill. Like There's from... some cool abilities. Yeah, yeah, there are. So th- this is a list that uh, is on Paizo's SRD that is from Ultimate Equipment and just has, uh, you roll a D100 and it's like 20 or so different plus one equivalent Armor properties, right? So and so, light fortification is a plus one. So it re- it'll remain a plus two armor, but it'll have 
a new property. It might be life fortification if you roll it. Hey, you never know. Here <laughs> it comes. Know. Here it comes for all the kids at home. Uh, D100, I rolled a 29. 29? Never heard of it. Oh, I yes. love it already. <laughs> Bolstering. Ooh. Bolstering. Plus two bolstering leather armor. Guys, like, I got this plus two bolstering leather armor. You're welcome to have it. I'll take that uh, light fortification. Anytime the wearer of bolstering armor damages a creature with a melee or ranged attack, he gains a plus two competence bonus on saving throws against that creature's abilities. Oh, cool. To the start of his next turn. Yeah, that'll come in handy. That's cool. Uh, oh, it says the bolstering ability cannot. Oh, uh, sorry. Can be applied. Uh, oh. Reroll. It cannot be applied to light, to light armor. armor. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Wow. All right. That was a pretty cool one. That was a cool one. This is going to be a three hour long episode. <laughs> I, can tell. I just threw my dice across the studio. We need, um, we need to get you a dice tray. I really do. Or are you grand tray? I have an extra one here. Take it. Oh. <laughs> you scared? Oh. <laughs> I wanted to get one of those nice wormwood ones, but we just don't have those fun. Uh, wormwood. Wormwood. Okay, here we go. Let's try it Come again. On. Come on. Bolstering again. <laughs> Use the tray. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I <laughs> rolled right in my face. Oh, it <laughs> might like, be bolstering again. 32. Third. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. Plus two lame armor. <laughs> All right. The wearer is now lame. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's not cool. But what are you going to do? Uh, brawling. Plus two brawling armor, plus oh. two bonus on unarmed attack and damage rolls. Wow. <laughs> so unarmed attack. That did not go Ooh, well. That really well, backfired. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, you should take some penalty. You don't just trade armor one for one sure. usually. So. It's too bad you couldn't take the uh, bolstering. <sighs> that was nice. But this one is brawling? Yeah. Brawling. Uh, hey, you never know. And it says brawling it's, it's can leather? only be applied to light armor. Ah. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So basically, you better take that feat to uh, <laughs> improved on arm strike. <laughs> and that really backfired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Uh, I like it though. I like it. You get back. It's fun. To, it probably looks great. It probably yeah. It probably looks nice. Got like a couple of pugilists <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, facing off, facing off from each other. <laughs> Wax mustaches. <laughs> uh, all right. So you get back to the inn. You're going to leave the next day, and Baron wants to talk to Sir Will. What is Feyraza doing throughout all this? She's just hanging out. She knows now that she's saved a man's or brought a man back who now has a child. Do you feel like everything is happening for a reason? Uh, I think she's just kind of like trying to keep up at this point. I think she's also eager to go track like she knows she can she can help the group sure. by tracking these giants uh so she's eager to get out there and just kind of figure out what's going on do like one of the, like a detective in the murder, murder scene like reimagine the fight yeah yeah do survival is going to be huge It'll be footsteps heading a, every which way right every which way uh all right baron you go up to sir will he's drinking a, a tall glass of chocolate milk <laughs> with a straw <laughs> just emasculating him every step you can. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Baron uh, sidles up a chair and, and orders a whiskey uh, from the barkeep, slides it over, takes a swig, and uh, I haven't had good dwarven whiskey in quite a long time, Sir Will. Uh, and when I get to drinking whiskey, I get to thinking. And I've been thinking that I'm going to use the power invested in me by the town of Trunow and, and your superior to order you to go home and tend to your family business. Order me? Yes. You were left under my command. 
And it's in my judgment that this is best for you and for the party. Sheriff, I would never presume to question you, but you sure this is what's best? I... I don't know. I fear you going into that. I fear you climbing into those mountains without me. I don't know. It's it's very dangerous. And though my family could need me, I... Well, if it is your order, I mean, of course, that's that's what I will do, but... But, Sir Will, I'm not telling you to abandon this mission. There oh, are caveats. I need you to drop by True now on your way back from Highbury, and I want you to tell them a status update on what's happening here now. Well, that is an excellent idea, Sheriff. I like that. And I also want you, because I know you always come back, to rejoin us when you can. And that's why we're going to set up a base camp at the foot of the mountains leading up to Skiergard. Okay. All right. Pulls out a map and he marks, I don't know, we haven't been there yet, but with the information we got from Hugo and everyone else here... I think we're going to be about here. So search in within a few miles. I think you'll be able to find us with the help of Lexington. Yes, Lexington and his, his scent ability. We can cover great ground quickly. I'm sure we could find you. Baron, like, hands him a little treat on the side of the bar. It's like a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> and not to be too creepy right about it, but if you gave Faraza a lock of hair, she could scry on you to, to check to see if how you were doing. Oh, well, Faraz is just like listening in the back. She's like, "Actually, I love a piece of." Hair. By the way, <laughs> not to be creepy already. Give me your hair. A bit of nail would work as well. Sir Will is like, "Of course." He reaches one of his beautiful blonde locks, <laughs> pops it off. Yeah, uh, gives it to Faraza, um, and Baron leans in and says, "Well, yeah, this sounds like a, more like a mission uh, here." So, hmm. uh, and I figured that would be something that would make Sir Will feel better about leaving to check in on his family because that way he will never feel like he's derelict of duty. He's still, you know, doing stuff for the party and, you know. Right, yeah. And, and yeah, who is he to question you? So it's the best way to couch it for, for Sir Will. Right. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. And uh, Baron reaches into his jacket and pulls out a letter. And he says, I need you when you get to True Now. I don't know if you ever spoke with her, but to hand this letter to Mrs. Plum. Hmm. Did I ever speak with her? Uh, no, I don't believe you no. met her. They went to talk to it was. Uh, it was just, just Della, Della and, and, and yeah. Deputy Della and like, Sheriff. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you were really mean to her. <laughs> I believe I said you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Slam the door. He also held a gun in her face. Please pointed a gun in her face. Of course, Sheriff. It would it would be my honor to do so. Of course. Uh, does anyone else have anything they'd like me to to take to Trunel? Well, I guess nobody else had been to Trunel. That doesn't make any yes. sense. No, just oh, wait, wait. Did you go alone to the bar or is everybody at the bar? Everybody's at the bar. Everybody's Everyone's at the bar. The whole gang. I, I think it's basically where we're staying. Kind, kind of a yeah, 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 breakfast. The, the hotel bar. Hotel bar. Yeah. Uh, Holiday Inn. In that case, Lork is going to uh, talk to Sir Will as well um, if he's going to leave. now. And when would he leave? Just the next day? I mean, that's up to you. If, I don't know if you have more stuff to do at the post office. If you're you're expecting more mail or some whoring. No, nah, he's been he's been. Uh, <laughs> Sir Will's been a little in his cups because he's very sad did, uh, did, about his brother, and so he's not gonna he's not gonna drink and drive Lexington tonight. Did Pyrotha <laughs> have any unfinished business there? Or now that Pudir has gone, she's done with Drino. I mean, if the, if he were to look for any you know do any research on Pudir, that might be helpful. But he's oh, dead. I'll do that as well. 
I'm going to write this down. So he starts <laughs> taking notes. and uh, yeah, Lork, he, Lork might be able to provide you information. He did kill him after all. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> awkward silence. Her ass has been drinking again. <laughs> she gets so mean. Yeah. She's a mean drunk. <laughs> Give me your hair. She has one cider. <laughs> hey, anybody else in here kill a chosen one? <laughs> this guy did. This guy over here. This guy. Big chosen one killer. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll head out the, uh, the next day. Okay, he said Lork wanted to tell him something. Lurk's going to wait till the next day, too. Okay. Yeah, Lurk's going to sleep on it. It's the next day. How many days have you been in Skelt? Is this day three in Skelt this or would, day two? Th- this next day would be the start of day three. The start yeah. of day three in Skelt. Yes. Okay, so you guys get up, and it's time to say goodbye to Sir Will and get crazy ready to go to Skiergar. <laughs> and Sir Will's mission is to go home, check in on his family. And then skirt back around. Go he to gets Trunau. like a brief leave, basically. Right, right. But then he's got to go to Trunau, report on the mission thus far, check in with Jagran, and then head back to the to the base uh, of the mountains where Skiergard is. Wow, wow, this is exciting, and crazy. On the way out of town, this is lame bookkeeping, but I just have to say it now so you don't yell at me later. Baron's <laughs> using the rest of his gold after crafting ammunition to purchase an oil of flame arrow. Thinking about the giants. Oh. So nice. uh, think about Lork. You know, maybe and Lork. actually, uh, Pembroke has Flame Arrow also, although it costs him two spell slots to cast. But so, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking, I could share it with Lork since he might be using his bone. We haven't seen him in combat yet, but I'm thinking that that sweet, lithe little body that he has now, he can move around a lot better. So, hmm. awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah, stock up on your flame stuff. Um, you got two casters though, so that'll help. Uh, uh, and then as Sir Will is packing yeah. up to leave, uh, sort of, sort of um, getting, putting some saddlebags on Lexington, uh, Lork comes up and he's like, Sir Will, I, I know you are an honorable knight and I'd like to ask you to do me something as well. And he pulls, uh, he, he's carrying Gorm's thorn in its sheath uh, and he brings it over to him and he's like, I'd like you to carry this with you and bring it back to Trunau. When you get there, please hand it over to Jagran and tell him that that Lork Iron Tusk was found and he he died trying to to fix this curse he thought he was under and that and that he was successful and that he plans to return one day in another body to pay for his crimes of desertion. But for now, he, this weapon should serve to protect the people of Trunau. And that, and that he's going to do what he can to protect them as well from afar. And once this giant threat is settled, he'll be back. And, and tell Silvermane that it's from the Vault of Thorns as well. I think he'll like that. And, uh, well, I, I don't know what else to say, but... You may be able to fill it in. You're a little more eloquent than I am. And he passes it over to him. Um, and that's it. Sir Will's got a lot to do if he survives. And with that, your business is pretty much done in Skelt. And it's time to finally head to this giant training camp 
where the best of the best were sent from Minderhall's Valley to go here and train to take over the world. <laughs> Skier guard. All you have is a map, a rudimentary map. You guys set out. You go down those elevators and the waterfall thing. Go down. I imagine you just like looking up, like in uh, Game of Thrones, going down the, the wall, looking up at the yeah. wall, looming above you. The waterfalls, like mists spraying you in the face. And you get down to the basin, one last look up at the bluffs, and you realize it's time to go. By the end of day one, you still haven't got towards the area where Hugo said the uh, siege took place. or The, the attack. Attack, rather, yeah. Um, but you know that you'll be there probably by midday the next day. So you guys camp out. Feels pretty safe. You set your watches. And, uh, and I want to say again, or not again, but uh, when we sleep at night, like Lork is realizing that like he's not sleeping. Like he's trying to sleep, but he's not sleeping and sort of takes the form of nightmares. Uh, sometimes it did that first night. He's trying to figure out what's going on and he's realizing that he, he gets more rest if he just literally sits and closes his eyes and tries to focus on something, one thing, whatever it is. So he's actually just kind of like sitting by the fire or against a tree at night with his eyes closed and kind of like in meditation for about four hours. And that that's how he feels more well-rested in the morning, and he can't really explain it. Pembroke could walk him through it, too, if you want. Like, he would have knowledge of that. Yeah, I think, like, I don't, I think right now, Pembroke doesn't know, because I think Lork is, like, tossing and turning, you know yeah. what I mean? And then he just ends up sitting up and being like, I can't sleep, and then he dozes, you know, in this way. And in the morning, you know, Pembroke wakes up and he's awake, but eventually he's going to talk to him about it, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, he would know that Pembroke has a solution. Yeah. But Pembroke would know that elves don't sleep. Right. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, of course. And I think during these quiet moments before we go to bed, Baron would kind of saddle up, sit down next to Lork and say, kind of huddling in his winter clothes. <laughs> I thought he's kind of cuddling, cuddling. next to Lork. Oh, it's chilly, Lork. Big spoons, Lork. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He could wrap around me twice with this elf body. Um, <laughs> he says, Lork does... The name just son mean anything to you? I know your memories aren't all about you yet. It does, Baron. Thanks for asking. I I remember. It's it's a sad memory, but it feels somehow distant in a way I can't really explain. But I know who you mean. Well, I'm just excited that we have a, another chance at perhaps finding one of your your children out there. And I, I feel I feel blessed to have an opportunity to be at your side again as we as we venture out. I appreciate that, Baron. And I... I don't know. I don't want to get myself too excited because... We saw what happened to Della. I know what happened to my band of rangers when they faced off against a fire giant. I, they're terrifying, horrible, evil creatures. And they can do terrible things. I'm trying not to think too much about it, to be honest. But let's do all we can to see if we can find a trail. And from there, do what we can to find her. Well, tonight, why don't you reach into your bag? I don't think as your previous self you even ever opened up Jason's ale I made for you. So why don't we pop one back and drink to remember tonight? Aye, it's been a long time since I even thought about that. 
forgot it was on my character sheet. Uh, so, he, yeah, he'll pull it out and uh, there we go. Pop it. Yeah. We're in the champagne room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're up in the champagne room, motherfuckers. So little, uh, little Jason's ale and he's like, Baron, this is, this is going right to my head. I feel I'm not, I'm not able to hold this like I used to. Well, your liver is not as iron as it used to be, but uh, you'll get it back. <laughs> Lork iron liver. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps laughing. <laughs> we're just having a good time. Yeah. Having a good time. Farazi, you must feel good to be back in your element. Back in out in, the, in, the na- in nature. In nature, where Farazi intended to be. Um, you must all feel a little bit safer having Farazi with you as well. Baron especially, like, oh, man, I wish we had a druid this time and this time and this time and this time. Grant. I literally dropped a dice when there was a He dropped a I die. Was he wasn't talking rolling. to you, and he dropped a die on the floor. <laughs> I just, I he was, has a dice tray. Right. Read everything I said. I was, just, I was just trying to cast mud ball, and then dropped the dice. Don't put it. this on Matthew. Deflect. Don't try to deflect on him, Matthew. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, you guys camp out. Good to have a druid on your side. And the next day comes, and you get to the camp. Or not the camp. The next day comes and you get to the scene of the attack. Splintered wood lying around. Doesn't take you long to find it. Um, Bodies that have been eaten. Left for just carrion. Um, Hardly recognizable. He brought these bodies back to Scalp. They don't have DNA testing. They have no way of knowing who these people are. Um, There's probably about half a dozen bodies obvious scene of a, a battle. Um, but you can tell the utmost precision was used in this attack. Nothing was wasted. These people were killed, left for dead, and there are tracks leading off oh, that man. they were, some were taken as well. So everything corroborates with Hugo and hmm. what Briella knew. Are there... Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise. <laughs> <laughs> can I do – can Lork do a survival check to see um, if we're talking about just frost giants, if there's a mix of species or uh, – do we know that answer yeah, already? Yeah, you, you can try to use survival. I mean Hugo told you frost giants. Okay. So that's right. what you know. All right. Can Faraza would like to wander over to the tree line. I'm imagining there are some trees somewhere. Sure. Uh, and she's going to cast Speak with Plants. Oh, Holy moly. Oh, nice. wow. She would like to talk to the trees. I'm sorry, they're all dead. It's frozen out here. <laughs> I take it back. There's no trees. There's no trees at all. <laughs> it's a frozen wasteland. Speak with plants. Yeah. Okay, so you walk up to like a nearby tree yeah. and talk to me about <laughs> speak with plants. This is a level three druid spell. Can I have a piece of your hair? Tree. <laughs> tree. Give me a buck. Give me your hair. Give me a buck. Uh, all, right, all right, first so- things first. Read the entire spell. <laughs> you can communicate with normal plants and plant creatures and can ask questions of and receive answers from them. A normal plant's sense of its surroundings is limited, so it won't be able to give or recognize detailed descriptions of creatures or answer questions about events outside of its immediate vicinity. But I think we can get a, a, a vague story of the vague battle. story, yeah. And num- maybe numbers, like the number of giant things that came in. And what weapons they were carrying. And ask them what kind of armor they had on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and ask them uh, what how many entrances there are Did in Skiergard. <laughs> so we'll be able to give you detailed descriptions of creatures. It says, uh, 
Uh, oh, that's and, interesting. If a plant creature is friendly, it may do some favor or service for you. Yeah, I'm assuming these are not creatures. It's just a tree, right? Just a tree. <laughs> what can a tree do? Leave? Get out of here! Oh. <laughs> bottle cap. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, thanks, Grant. <laughs> so you got a, the rare Grant bottle cap. Oh, wow. <laughs> its cash value is one-tenth of one cent. <laughs> uh, all right, so you, you walk up to this tree and cast Speak with Plants. What do you ask the tree? My friend, my very old friend. My name is Faraz al-Sed. And we know that some days ago there was a battle here and that many humans lost their lives. Would you be able to tell me anything you remember about this battle? Oh, I've seen many battles in my day. This one you speak of happened right over there. Obviously, you can't point. <laughs> Troy just pointed, pointed like a, br- a branch. Yeah. Right over there. Many lost their lives, but some were spared. How many were spared? Oh, I would say five, ten. Maybe 15. But their lives are no longer theirs. For I distinctly remember hearing the word slave. Oh. Mm. The assailants, the giants that, st- that came down to mm. attack them. Do you remember their numbers? Mm. There were probably three, six, or nine. <laughs> They were very fierce. I was worried they would cut me down, but their interest was only with the small folk. Have you seen many frost giants come this way recently? Oh, I've seen many giants over the years. Lately, even more. I've seen probably 200, 400, 600... Many giants around these days. Ask him what his name is. What is your name, my friend? My name is Jazamule. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just named... wanted to see what he came up with. <laughs> I was named after my father. What is your father's name? Jazamule. <laughs> <laughs> Baron's totally oblivious to this going on and he pulls out a hand axe to get firewood for the night and he just starts he's like oh no please don't let your friend kill me stop oh, stop it What's the matter? I am speaking with the tree. I'm sorry, you fool. You're a weirdo. All right, I got, I got it. I'm a druid. This is my job. Okay. All right. Um, my, uh, my friend Jazamule, yeah. son of Jazamule. Yeah. <laughs> you may call me Jazamule Junior. Jazamule Junior. JJ for short. JJ. JJ. I like that. I like that. Is there anything you can tell me about? Where these frost giants came from, or what they might have been carrying. <laughs> he speaks to the tree next to him. Hey, Ralph, <laughs> from now on, call me JJ. 
<laughs> yes, I quite like that. What was your question? Faraz <laughs> wants to know if there's anything about like the weapons they were carrying or their where they the direction they came from that Jasmine remembers. Oh, they came from the south, and to the south they returned. I saw great axes and spears and weapons I'd never seen before in all my years. I thank you for your intelligence, my friend. And if is it all right if it is all right with you, we will bury the dead in the ground nearby. Oh, what a wonderful service. I promise to use their remains to keep me strong and healthy for years to come. Perhaps you can return some day and say hello to your old pal JJ. <laughs> 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 it was amazing watching Troy's face trying to keep that face so hard trying to end that with a straight face I couldn't do it uh, <laughs> so stupid JJ Aspen <laughs> uh, and so Faraza thanks him for everything and then yeah thank you <laughs> so thank JJ you, you bury the dead and uh, you know say a little uh, prayer or something <laughs> And you continue on your way. Pembroke, the human wizard. Feraza, Alced, the Asamar druid. Baron, Ashbeak, Redheart. Baron, the gunslinger, inquisitor. Dwarf, by race. And Lork, Iron Tusk, a name that really doesn't fit anymore. An elven ranger and cat benatar cat benatar <laughs> you look at the map you know that you are a couple days away at this point it points to a plateau deep within the mine spins approximately 150 miles south southwest of minderhall's cathedral you've been traveling now with stops in bloodsworn vale and in skelt for uh, over two weeks at this point Baron, you would know if you continued farther south, past the marker on the map, you would come to the dwarven city of Glimmerhold, and eventually another sky citadel, Kragadon. The famous lost mines, literally lost to time, are allegedly in the area right where you are traveling. Nirmathas, where you are skirting along the edge of, has a rich history, right in the middle of everything, close enough to Varesia, to the west, but also flanked by the orc-ridden holds of Belkson. War-torn near Mathas. War-torn near Mathas, yes. Holds of Belkson up north, which you came from, and Molfoon to the south, which it has been in an unofficial war with forever. But you soon leave the borders of near Mathas behind and re-enter the craggy mountain terrain of the southern mine spins in search of a giant training camp where the best of the best were sent from Minderhall's Valley. After these relatively uneventful days pass, it's the afternoon of the next day, and Lork, you notice that Cat Benatar seems very annoyed. Hmm. She begins growling. What is it, girl? And like shaking her head 
back and forth in a very like rapid motion like she's fighting against something. Um, he's going to do a perception check kind of all around. Okay. Distance. You see Lork. All of you see Lork and Cat Benatar kind of hold up and you see um, the cat. Doesn't seem right. See, 36 if it's anything to do with giants. 32 if not. With your 32, you hear something in the brush up ahead. Everyone, stop. Cat. <laughs> Benatar has sensed something in the bush ahead. <laughs> Um, and I, I see the leaves moving. Be careful. Can and he's going to arm his, uh, his bow, his black arrow longbow. Can Faraz do a perception check? Yeah, absolutely. She's going to look through her spectacles. About how far away are we talking? The brush? Uh, 25, 30 feet. Oh, jeez. All right. Right in the thick of it. 23. 23. You see something in the bush ahead, but you don't see any indication of what it is. Uh, with your 36, or 32 rather, you see maybe antlers or something hairy. You're not quite sure, but it Seems doesn't take to be long. A beast of some kind. Before a creature walks out from the trees up ahead. A figure that looks almost as if it's caught at the moment of transformation between human and animal. Almost ethereal looking. It has the bearded face of a man, but its head has a rack of antlers, and its hunched body is covered in patches of sleek black fur with feet ending in hooves. He approaches you very cautiously, still keeping his distance. He seems to be both standing and walking on all fours as he approaches, his form incomprehensibly shifting and flowing between the two poses. He's hunched over at the moment, but you think if he stood up, he'd be well over seven feet tall. And it looks like this. Oh! It kind of reminds me of, uh, did anyone see Princess Mononoke? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. The forest god. Yeah, the forest god. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. I was thinking Seder, but he is not a Seder. No, check got, out the Tumblr, the, folks. Yeah, he's got some uh, Seder qualities. Or wherever putting it now. Yeah, let's be on the website. But on the website. Grant's check been out the like, website. yo, man, can you send me some pictures? I'm like, we don't have any new pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Release that cat. <gasps> it is not yours to bend to your will as you see fit. Oh, speaking in common? No, he's speaking in Sylvan. So Faraza speaks. Faraza understands. Lorca. What's it saying to me? <laughs> Release that cat immediately or you will all be destroyed. This is your only warning. He starts walking towards you. What's what do saying? you do? What do you do? What's he what saying? What do you do? Stun back! Think about it for a week. We'll see you next week! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! No! <laughs> Oh my god Man, I need a week to think about that I know The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. 